1: Joshua 24 15 it is not an unfamiliar verse but it reads and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood are the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell but as for me and my house but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to preach a little while today about a father with favor. A father with favor from Joshua 24, 15. In preparation for this message, I surveyed a number of lists of famous fathers. One of the lists that I reviewed recently included the names Homer Simpson, King Lear, Darth Vader, Don Vito Corleone, and the merciful father in Rembrandt's 17th century interpretation of the return of the prodigal. I began to think about famous biblical fathers. I thought about Isaac, who some say was the mediocre father of a great son and the mediocre son of a great father father I thought about David that heart-wrenching scene where the child of his adulterous affair with Bathsheba had died and uh, his men his mighty men felt that he might grieve himself to the point of death and how he got up after he realized all hope was lost and washed himself off and began to pray to God. I thought about Mordecai, who was a kind of surrogate father for his niece, Esther. In the book about them, where the name of God is not mentioned, and the Bible says there was a point amidst a conspiracy against the Israelites at that time, where Mordecai challenged his niece and said, for such a time as this, Thou has come into the kingdom. His words must have been compelling because it moved her to action and she said, If I perish, I perish. I thought about Paul, the apostle, who it appears, and I reread it this morning in 2 Timothy, is a mentor, a kind of father figure to a young man named Timothy who's raised by a single mother. Paul acknowledges His grandmother, Eunice, and his mother, Lois, and says to him, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you the spirit of power and of a sound mind. As I thought about these lists, particularly the biblical chronicles of great fathers, for most of us, we would not normally put Joshua in that list necessarily, We think of him more as a soldier. We think of him as a warrior. We think of him most often as the assistant to Moses, as the one who was Moses' servant for most of his adult years. But as I reread this familiar text, it began to resonate in my spirit that he was in fact a father the text does not say this explicitly but adjoining text particularly the genealogies in first chronicles remind us that he was the son of Nan, and that's where the genealogy ends. and it says that he became because of lineage the heir to habitations and possessions that was a part of the territorial grant to Ephraim Joshua was a father figure uh, to the nation of Israel, to those who he led. And when we look at this text, it is apparent that he is the object of God's favor. God chose him deliberately. God chose him intentionally to lead the Israelites into the promised land where they would conquer and consolidate the territory that God had promised them and he promised Joshua I've already given you the land all you've got to do is walk out on the promise he says every place your feet shall tread that you shall possess and so when this Notion of this perspective about Joshua being a father with favor began to move and meld in my spirit. I asked the text the question: In what way was he a father with favor? And do you not know when I looked at the text, particularly the last phrase in the text? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When I looked at that and its larger context, there are some movements that jumped out at me that reminds me and I hope reminds you what it really means to be a father with favor. First of all, he had a sense of history. His sense of history made him a father with favor. The first 14 verses of this chapter constitutes a sweeping rehearsal, a grand but succinct reassessment of the history of the nation of Israel. Joshua not only knew where Israel was going, but he knew where they had been. Joshua perhaps now, in the sunset of his life, Willing and wanting Israel to experience the fulfillment of her destiny. But knowing that her destiny involved her needing to embrace her history. Which involved not only victories but some valleys as well. And so he characterized their journey. He summarized it in the first 14 verses of this chapter as God gave him utterance. There's tradition. There's tradition that's worthy of excavation and emulation. And these are things that we learn from our parents and our parents before them. And Joshua assumed the mantle of father and parent as he revisited Israel's history. And quite fittingly, he does this at a place called Shechem. Shechem. Shechem, in the territory of the tribe of Ephraim. it is here where God promised Abraham that his descendants would inherit the land. It's here that Jacob built an altar to the Lord and saw the angels of God descending about that altar up and down a ladder. It was here that Moses solidified and validated the covenant that he made on God's behalf with Israel as they shouted assent. Between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. The word Shechem means shoulder. It means shoulder. Joshua understood that this generation of Israelites. Stood on the shoulders. Of those. Who had gone before him. And gone before them. Those of us who fathers. We stand on the shoulders of other men. Who helped us. Perhaps it wasn't the person who should have done it, but somebody helped us to understand what a real man is like, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a provider, what what it means to be a protector. And in that sense, John Donne, the 16th century preacher and philosopher, was right. No man is an island. No man stands alone. We all stand. Joshua was a father with favor because he acknowledged that he stood on the shoulders of somebody else. Men, this is a good day to think about someone who poured in your life. Someone who took the time to make a difference and made you a better person. At Shechem, our spiritual shoulder, we're standing on what others have poured into our lives. So Joshua was a father with favor because of his sense of history. His sense of history. Environment. That we enter that make us who we are. And some of it might be painful. But not just his sense of history. His sense of himself. Now here we get into the heart of the text. But as for me. could have just said, but as for my house, we will serve the Lord. He says, but as for but as for me Joshua not only had a sense of history but he had a sense of himself I was at a conference for police chaplains and I'll not ever forget this statement our facilitator was one of the first responders in the Oklahoma City bombing and he led our group as we talked about critical incidents he made a statement I'll never forget. He says if you're going to be a complete person if you're going to be a complete person you've got to acknowledge not only the history that you are in but also the history that's in you. Some of us some of us men, we struggle in relationship. We struggle as fathers. We struggle as husbands because while we're trying to deal with the history we're in, we're not dealing with the history in us. Perhaps Joshua knew instinctively what James knew in his epistle. He says a double-minded man is unstable. Long before therapists and clinicians and psychologists come up with a split personality concept it's already in the bible double-minded man is unstable in all his ways we live in an age where we have men who are dealing with identity crisis you got to be comfortable with the man in the mirror We're living in a time where more and more people are being identified by their external markings and not their internal character. Joshua knew who he was. He says, as for me, as for me, he knew who he was. He knew whose he was. And it was this reality. It was this. Comfort. this humility that allowed him for most of his adult life to be a servant. He could sit in the second seat. Some men can't sit on authority. He could sit in the second seat and wait his turn because he knew what God had for him was for him. We need not only a sense of history that we stand on someone's shoulder, but men, we need to get on our knees and know who we are. Amen. That none of us, regardless of training, regardless of background, none of us are a mistake. God has a plan. God has a purpose, a destiny for our lives. He had a sense of history. He had a sense of himself. He was a father with favor, too, because he had his standing of headship. He said, for me and my house, Joshua spoke for his household. As a father with favor, he, he stood with integrity and standing in his own house. See, it's one thing to stand here with integrity. But it's false and fallacious if we can't do it at home. I tell our ministers, it's not ministry and family. Our ministry is our family. The old deacon at my home church, when I was an associate minister, he, he told me once, he said, when you preached the first time, I wasn't looking at you. He said, I was looking at Judy. He said, because if she wasn't listening, there wasn't no reason for me to listen. Joshua said, as for me, and I think about my grandfather, George Talley Stubblefield. He was my hero. I was eight years old when he passed away, but he made an indelible impact on my life. He was 18 when he married my grandmother, who was 15. Together, they had eight children. They stayed married for 50 years. When his parents died, he raised four of his siblings. He never graduated from high school, never owned a car. But with the land that his father gave him, he reeked out a living and provided. And I never, ever remembers a child missing a meal. And he'd get up on Sunday morning and he'd dress up. And he was a deacon at our church, and he'd walk to church, and he was a songster, and he'd sing Amazing Grace, and he'd start a fire. And he was a man who could stand up in our home, anywhere in the family, and say, as for me, in my house. And very early in my life, I decided I wanted to be that kind of man. I missed other examples that I could have chosen from. I said, that's it. That's it. I saw how he loved my grandmother and loved our family. Joshua said, as for me, it was his standing of headship. And men, respect is not demanded, it's commanded. You've got to earn it. And a woman who loves Christ in her heart will respond to the kind of love that Christ had for the church do I have a witness here finally lest I keep you too long he was a father of favor not just because of his sense of history not just his sense of himself not just his standing of headship but also because of his singleness his singleness of heart It's right there at the end of the text. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was a father with favor because he had a single heart. It's apparent, and we missed the force of it in the original. It's lost in translation, but it's apparent that his relationship with God was non-negotiable. He says to the tribes here and most believe it's in the sunset of his life. He says to them as he gathered them at Shechem, he says, now you have to choose. You can choose to regress. You can choose to go back and worship the gods that our fathers worshipped across the Jordan. The gods of the Amorites and the Canaanites he says, "You can do that." He says, "But ask for me, <laughs> I wish I had somebody here. He said, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Joshua reduced his allegiance, he reduced his priority to the lowest common denominator. His lowest common denominator would have been To use Oswald Chambers' title for his classic devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As I close this morning, I'm telling you that I want to be a father with favor. And I had to do a little interview of Joshua this morning. I had to ask him, I said now, how is it you can come to this place? And Joshua said to me in an imaginary dialogue, he said, now I was there when God told us to leave Egypt. I walked with Moses and the rest of the Israelites out of the land of bondage. And God gave us favor with our captors. And when we got to the Red Sea, I saw how God told Moses to stand still. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. And I saw how they walked over on dry land. Nobody's shoes or sandals got muddy that day. Because God sent a strong east wind. And caused the waters to stand up at attention. And we walked over on dry land. I was there when Miriam and the rest of the women decided it was all right for it to get in your feet. Because when God has blessed you, it's okay to praise his holy name. God told me to tell Israel, don't worry about the wall cities said, now when you get to Jericho, I'm going to give you a plan that doesn't seem strategic. But what I want you to do is walk around the city for seven days. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. And when you get around the seventh time, I want all the men to shout. And when they shout, the walls will come tumbling down. I'm telling you, something happens in church when men start shouting. I said, Joshua, if I didn't know better, I think you would talk with David, because he said, "The steps of a good man are honored by the Lord, and if he falls, he shall not utterly perish, because the Lord will uphold him uh, with his hands." Joshua, if I didn't know better, I think you'd had a conversation with David. Who said, I've been young and now I'm old. But two things I've never seen is a righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. He said, I'm going to serve the Lord and him only. And I thought about that old hymn. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I said, Joshua, now it seems like you've got some hint. You've got some clue that the Lord will certainly pay off after a while. And the Bible says that he was so compelling. He was so impactful that the children of Israel served God all the days of the elders that followed Joshua and the elders that outlived Joshua. I'm just stopping by to tell you today that serving the Lord will pay off after a while. Fathers, if you want to have favor, then why don't you put God first? Because I heard the word say, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. I know my history, because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, Or where would I be? And I know who I am today. I'm a child of the King. My father is rich in houses.
0: You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D.'s Double Field Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.